Blog Talk Radio. Another broadcast of The Unexplained World with your host, Edward Shanahan, a paranormal, spiritual observer, and psychic reader, along with Annette, a high priestess and psychic reader. The Unexplained World is a broadcast where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy, so enjoy. Welcome, listeners, to the Unexplained World, February 24th broadcast with your host, Edward Shanahan. It's me and Annette. Hello, Annette. Hello, hello. How are you tonight, Ed? A little scratchy in the voice, but you heard me Tuesday, you heard me Wednesday, you heard me Thursday. Think I sound (laughs) all better tonight. I think you do. Uh, I was about to say. Good job. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad. G2 and uh, some diet pop, and we're all set. Um, Okay. How are you doing? Oh, fine. Good. Normal. <laughs> good. Good. All right. Our guest in two minutes is ghost author, current politician, Mr. Michael Clean. Uh, to find out more about myself or Annette doing psychic house parties or readings, and that does them online, or also the two books that I have out out that you can buy, go to edwardchanian.com. Information about the Chicago Paranormal Nights. Exploring experienced haunted locations or your own private paranormal nights, go to chicagoparanormalnights.com. This is our sixth year of broadcasting. And for those who listen to the rebroadcast of this show or the podcast on iTunes, there's an additional 15 minutes with Annette and I after this live broadcast tonight as we have some alone time to share. Plus, I'm going to run that um, EVP from the rectory again. Um, the one with the screaming child and everything. So that'll be after. Um, that'll be basically for those who listen to the rebroadcast and that. So, Annette, what do you say that we bring in Michael Clean now? I would love to talk to Michael. Okay. Uh, hey. Hey, Hello, Ed Michael. Are you... uh, hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, thank you You're for welcome. being in. We got ourselves uh, some nice little exposure today with um, the newspaper out by you. And oh, yeah. It's called Rock- you you, yeah, it's uh, called, you never uh, know who's Rockford Register Star with uh, the writer was Kevin Haas. And uh, nice little exposure. Nice little exposure for both the show and you. You got to do an uh, interview. And um, I will yeah. we'll go into the political part. A little later into the show, I uh, got one little bone to pick with you with that interview, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that when we get to it. Um, okay, Michael, you've been in the field for a while. You're basically a paranormal author, I guess I would call it, researcher, 
And uh, well, let, let me hold. Let me uh, hold on there. I, I've always okay. considered myself to be a, a folk historian because I look at uh, the folklore and ghost lore of Illinois and sort of explain what that has to teach us about local history. So I've never really considered myself to be a paranormal author or researcher, as you put it, um, although I am interested in that subject. All right. But you do have – go ahead. Were you going to say something that? No. Okay. Oh, that's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. But you do – the books are – are they basically on the paranormal or is it just folklore? Oh, well, there's a lot of crossover between the two, as you know. I mean, essentially what I do, what my books are about, are is uh, collections of ghost stories from all over Illinois. Of course, Haunting Illinois is a, a tour guide, um, so it describes a little bit about the history of the places. There's like 200 places listed in there from all over Illinois. Uh, there's some mystery spots, some Indian mounds, things like that. Uh, my book, Paranormal Illinois, um, is very well researched. If you read the book, um, it's all cited, uh, and it's all about the folklore of the state and really the, the history. And I, what I try to do is I take the ghost stories at a location and try to mm-hmm. trace it back to see you know, if there's any truth to the stories or where those stories might have come from uh, and what they can tell us about our history. So, Michael, okay, do you find do you a lot of parallels between folklore or, you know, urban legends of old <laughs> and what people are experiencing now in ghost activity? Well, of, of course, I mean, if if you looked at it from a research point of view, there there really is no difference. But if you look at it from the perspective of these paranormal experiences, see, it's, it's two very different things. I mean... There are the stories that are passed down from one generation to the next, and then there's strange and mysterious encounters that people have every day. And there's a lot of overlap between the two. For instance, I mean, someone can live in a house and be experiencing some kind of strange phenomenon, like let's say they uh, smell cigar smoke, you know, that a a former owner had smoked, or they feel someone brushing their arm or something like that. And those stories get told to neighbors, um, they get in newspaper articles, and then that becomes part of the folklore of the area. So there's a a lot of overlap there. Okay, how do you distinguish what's fact and what's fiction? Well, I I personally uh, am not really interested in distinguishing between the fact and the fiction. Uh, What I look at is the stories that people tell. And, you know, I mean, if you're a disbeliever in the paranormal, of course you're going to say that it's all fiction. But to me, I don't Mm -hmm. really, that doesn't make any difference to me for for my purposes. In fact, I think that it's much more fun to leave open the possibility that something strange is going on. That's that's what really makes it interesting to be a human being. You're a story collector. Sure, I would say that, but... uh, of course, I'm not going to deny that I'm interested in the more unusual side of things. Uh, for instance, last two years ago, I presented a paper on the history of witchcraft in Illinois at the Conference on Illinois History in Springfield. Um, so a lot of my writing has to do with 
that sort of strange, unusual side of Illinois. Now, how would you research that? Let me ask you that, because uh, Annette is a high priestess. I, I'm strange and unusual. on how that was researched. Well, the, the cases that I looked at are historical cases uh, in newspapers and, and things of that nature. A lot of people don't know that uh, when the English settlers came here and the French settlers came here, in the uh, late 1700s, early 1800s, they brought a lot of their beliefs with them. And these were the same kind of beliefs that you saw in England during the 1600s. And it's fascinating to see how they survived the journey over here to the prairie. And it, it was very difficult to find a lot of those cases because they're very much uh, it really in obscure articles and newspapers a lot of times, the newspapers back then weren't like newspapers today. They were very sensational, so they necessarily didn't really care whether a story was true or not. If it was a good story, they'd just print it. So it's kind of hard to establish the fact of the matter, but you can go back and look at land records and birth records and things like that to sort of establish, okay, yes, you know, the characters in the story were real people, uh, and that takes a lot of hard work. Now, did, she, did you basically, did you interview at any time those who are practicing the craft? No, I didn't or did get you a... Just do the re- okay, so you just did the research by what you were right, able to Right, it was just historical. Um, I, in fact, I, I was working on a book on the subject, and I wanted to trace it to the present day, but I never got that far along. That's a big, yeah, that's a long timeline. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, if you ever do one that with because um, the lady on the uh, other end of the phone, she is uh, very well up on the historical part of the pagan uh, um, Wiccan craft, mm-hmm. and she might be able to uh, even find some uh, some newspaper stuff about me. How about it, Ed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, if you ever want to uh, branch out on that first book into a second. Um, just email me and I'll give you her uh, contact number. Oh, sure. That I'm would sure be very be, interesting. Yeah, I'm sure and that would be very uh, satisfied to get some of the um, up-to-date well, knowledge and, out and there. I love, I love the, the historical research, too. You know, hearing someone's story and seeing if you can find any tidbits of reality in, you know, it's, like, it's almost like, you know, trying to find out if an urban legend has any basis in reality from its beginnings. So that's oh, kind yeah. cool. Well, yeah, that's a, obviously an area that's very fascinating to me, too. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, how people react in the modern day to a story that, you know, get, gets passed down in a community. You know, are they having, you know, it, it, otherworldly experiences just because they know about that past history? You know, mm-hmm. if they didn't know about that old story, would they have experience? You know, would they, if they weren't privy to the knowledge? So it's a very well, interesting, yeah. uh, you know, social dynamic there, too. Yeah, definitely. And something I found uh, when I first started really getting into research and writing about the subject, I was at Eastern Illinois University down in Charleston. Uh, and I found out that there were a lot of stories down there that developed 
because there was this high turnover of students, so like every four or five years you'd get a new crop of students that would come in. Yeah. And so they would hear rumors about a particular place, like Ashmore Estates comes to mind, where it would just be this abandoned building out in the middle of nowhere. And all they knew about it, they didn't know anything about the history or anything, so they had to invent stories to explain you know, why this abandoned building was out there in the middle of nowhere. And uh, and so that's how a lot of these stories get, get developed. And so it's really interesting for me to go back and compare, you know, what people were saying about it 10 years ago versus what they're saying about it five years ago or, or in the present day. Yeah, those get pretty colorful, I'll bet, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, well... <laughs> The the more crazy or absurd the story is, the longer it lasts. I think. <laughs> That's great. Can you give us an example? Like you just mentioned, well, Ashmore. Uh, you know, can you give us a, you know a colorful story? Oh sure. Well, somebody once told me that they were uh, exploring the building, and they saw a hole in the wall. Now, there's a lot of holes that got kicked in the wall by vandals and things like that, and they claimed that they saw a skeleton in the wall. And then they were scared, obviously, so they ran out, and they went to get the sheriff. And when they came back, you know, the skeleton had vanished. So it was like a ghost skeleton or something like that. So that that's just an example of one of the things that I've heard about the place. Uh, people great. also say they, they've come across um, severed pig's heads, you know, in the building, which may actually have happened. Mm-hmm. Well, they do have bats in there, me and Ernst Lebelski had a group out there about six years ago, and they mm-hmm. do have bats. I can guarantee you that. Uh, oh, yeah. Because we, yeah, we, we had a lady fly named, out of there at night. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, we, had a, we had a girl named Mercedes with, and she screamed, and, and <laughs> I said, what the hell scared you? She was hiding in the corner. Bats! I just I just cried. I was laughing so hard. You know, you're on a paranormal tour, <laughs> and uh, bats are the thing that's got her crying. So, uh was cool. All right. Now, the other part of the show that I want to get, well, number one, you got another book coming out, okay? Um, at least it looks like you're working on it, putting together. Um, it looks like you're seeking to have others, I guess, write it for you as you're seeking stories to publish. Um, oh, people's experiences. Um, are, you, are you talking about the anthology? Yeah, the new uh, project oh. you're just starting. Yes. Um, well, a friend of mine suggested it, uh, who I knew from college, and I thought it was a fascinating idea. You know, I've been publishing recently um, more factually based books, more kind of the, the along the lines of what I write about the ghost lore of different areas. Uh, Larry Wilson wrote a book that I published recently called Chasing Shadows, where it's kind of his factual accounts of his paranormal investigations. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends uh, thought that it would be interesting to publish an anthology of short stories about paranormal investigations. So these would all be fictional stories. And, uh, you know, it could be science fiction. It could be a horror story. Uh, for oh, I think you're looking for stories by people's experiences that they had. I thought that was the book. Okay. Um, well, that's cool. What's your website that they can go to before we get into the political? Uh, well, the website for my main, um, my main, what you would call paranormal writing is trueillinoishaunts.com, and mm-hmm. all the back issues of the Legends and Lore of Illinois are there. That's a 
newsletter about haunted places in Illinois that I wrote from 2007 to uh, the present day. So I come out with a new issue every month. Okay. All right. So next we're going to switch gears real fast. All right. Oh, sure. Uh, overdrive. Um, you're running um, as the article, uh, or I was looking to get the headlines and we got them. Um, you're running for the Winnebago County Board District 8 mm-hmm. yeah. um, as a board member. And I believe that's yeah. coming up in the next couple of weeks, right, the election? Uh, March 20th is the primary. Yeah, primary. Okay. And by, by the way it goes, whoever wins the primary pretty much got it in the bag for having a seat, I guess, on the county yeah, board, the, right? Um, yeah, the, well, normally you might have competition in the general election, but uh, there's no Democratic candidate running as of yet, they could still caucus someone in, apparently, at the last minute. But okay. right now, whoever wins the primary will be the only candidate on the ballot in November. Daddy told me the other day about... Uh... Uh, we either got Martians coming in or we got uh, ghosts coming in. Okay, it's gone. Did you hear that or not? <laughs> yes, I heard it. <laughs> I heard yeah. it coming. <laughs> yeah, Martians or something. Or somebody not game about you running. All right. Um, so, I Michael, is this the first time that you're trying something like this, a political move like this? Well, uh, I've been involved in politics for a long time. You know, I've I've written opinion columns uh, since I was in graduate school, so for about the past four or five years. And I've helped out before on campaigns, but this is the first time I've ever run myself as a candidate. Okay. What do you think about the experience so so far? You're getting closer to the election point. Yeah, it's wow. It's been really eye-opening for me. Uh, even having worked on campaigns in the past, you know, I didn't really get to see how things happened on the inside. Yeah. And it's been really informative. Uh, I think it's an experience that people should try. I mean, like, for instance, if you were to run for county board in Winnebago County, every county has different uh, requirements, but I only needed to get 25 signatures. And there are so many community leaders and businessmen and people who I think really could add to the community who should run. You know, they should get out there and participate in the electoral process. Like we were saying, uh, sometimes there's only one candidate in the primary Sometimes there's only one candidate in the general election. And really, I think people need more choices. And that's one of the reasons why I ran is because I think that we really need a fresh voice in the area. And I feel like I have a lot to add. Good. It don't pay much. I looked that up. It pays. Uh, no, no. Uh, what, was that, what was that line? It pays 5000 a year. And they uh, take another 2500 bucks if you show up for the, all the board yeah, meetings. And, and that's yeah. actually uh, raised from the previous amount. Yeah. So, so no, so you're not in for the money, not not Michael. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, the one thing I was a little bored. I was going to pick with you, and I told him oh, I was sure. going to be real nice because I, you know, politics and discussing it, I could go from basic to conspiracies to everything else, but. To say, I read the article today, which was pretty cool. Okay, it was pretty mm-hmm. nice to see it. Thank you for uh, um, letting me know when I got to exploit it all over Facebook, of course. Um, <laughs> um, the, um, let me get back to it. I took notes. 
Um, the writer Kevin Hayes states in his article about tonight's broadcast and that I build the interview as ghost chaser, author, turned team party politi- uh, politician. Okay? Mm-hmm. And that was a good highlight. I mean, I figured that would catch everybody's eyes, which it did, I guess. Um, oh, sure. You state, you state, I sympathize with many Tea Party values, but I don't really associate with that formally. You said in a phone yeah. interview with him. That's what he put. Right. Well, what I meant by that is I'm not a a member of a Tea Party group. Okay. Well, um, so I got a refreshed memory of a conversation you and I had on Facebook back on December 17, 2011. And uh, that's why I posted it the way I did, okay? Um, so, so you know, I wasn't trying to put you in a corner. Um, at 1.20 a.m., you posted on Facebook, one down and three remain. And uh-huh. stated you were slowly leaking information out about running for Winnebago County Board in District 8. I responded at 2.18 a.m. I don't know why the hell I was up, probably doing websites, asking you, Asking, are you a team party type? Your response, uh-huh. and I was a team party type before. It was fashionable, although I hate protests and dislike protesters. My yeah. response, thought you, thought you would be. I just said. <laughs> okay. Um, and see you showing up at tea party meetings and that. So I'd like to emphasize, I didn't just grab it out of the air, saying tea party whatever. Okay. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think I was that, going you know, by a conversation we had back in December 17th. That's still on your Facebook page. So yeah, I, well, I, so, uh, I can understand um, why you would say that. So I, I don't think that it's a big deal or anything. Um, I mean, what I was referring to is that I've I've held the values that the Tea Party espouses for a very long time before the Tea Party even existed. And so, you know, what I was saying was uh, I, I was a Tea Party before there was a Tea Party, you know, basically. So basically the thoughts without uh, being classified under any type of umbrella like, or flag. Right. Okay. All right. All right. So we're both basically, we're right. Uh, <laughs> um, in the, so what? what, what are your, what would you... If I I don't know who your opponent's name is. I know she's a woman. Uh, mm-hmm. She's been on there for a while, I guess, um, and must be doing a good job since she's been there for a while. Um, I I believe she's well, only been on the board for one term. Okay, all right. So, what do you see maybe yourself doing differently than what she would be doing? Well. I I want to put this positively because I don't want to to knock my opponent in in any way. Right, I mean, right. she's a nice woman. Well, you're two um, different but, people. So, and you're right. As as Michael Clean, and as you're calling it a clean sweep, I guess. Right, um, right. that's my uh, well, my little yeah, bag yeah, operation. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, I mean, I I think that I would be much more active in uh, a role as the county board member. Um, so far, my opponent's been very passive. Uh, if you look at the county board meeting records, um, she doesn't ver- participate very much, and she kind of just votes along with everyone else. 
and I feel like I have a lot of my own original ideas to bring to the table. Um, so now that there's only one board member representing each area, see there used to be two, so you could mm-hmm. afford to have someone sitting in the background. But now I think that we need people that are much more active who are better in a leadership role. Okay, okay. Good. Um, That's true. Yeah, it is. It always is. I mean, if you're going to raise your hand to be uh, attempted to run, you should be, you know, give your – because I sit on many boards from libraries to athletics, and uh, people don't appreciate you. Or the other board members really don't appreciate you that's sitting back unless, you know, you're just they're just happy you're pushing everything through on yeah. their benefit. Now, um, I think I America complains all the time that <laughs> politicians are just, you know, kind of going along with the flow. So it's right. here somebody say they want to make a change or just I be active. In, I might run into the opposite problem where, you know, I'm very opinionated, I'm very confident in my own ideas, so I'm not afraid to go against some things that the board might try to do and they might not appreciate that either. Oh, I did that on the library board. I can believe some of the uh, backdoor policies to get taxes in and everything else. I was in awe. Uh, and you don't realize it until you, until you get on the board. Um, why? I'll give you a – well, maybe you even thought about it yourself. Why don't you create your own – if you get elected, why don't you create your own blog to leave some people know what's going on? And this way you get more of a backing of the people in your decision-making. Yeah, well, that's not a bad idea at all. Um, In fact, I I have an election website where I've been posting about the campaign, and I kind of imagined that um, turning into more of an informative type of website. I also, there's a number of community newspapers like the Rock River Times that regularly publish guest columns. And Mm -hmm. so if there's any controversial vote that comes up, I was planning on explaining my vote um, in a, a column in the local paper. Wonderful. That's cool. The website would be cool, too, for the simple fact uh, you don't have to worry about newspaper. Maybe even I'll get a call that i got to do it. They have to show both sides basically of uh, an opinion, I guess. Right. So, but, but your own webpage or blog or whatever on the subject uh, on the county board, those have yeah. years. And if well, yeah, I to go out and get go out and get some community advertising for the blog to make it pay off for you, also. What the hell? Well, I, I definitely know? think that the the dealings of the board need to be more uh, on the table. They need to be much more transparent. Uh, so that's one of the things I'm going to work at is making public participation easier. Good. 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 And maybe even run a poll up there for the people could give their opinion, yay or nay, and that could kind of motivate you too. Thus ideas, you know, from an old timer um, to a young. Oh, they're all they're all good ideas. To a young dude that's thirty years old running for uh, county board. So, and I'm one that firmly believes in dreams, and that's the reason why I told him that that I was going to be harder enough nothing about it. And uh, well, you know, I mean, I feel like if I'm willing to step up, or anybody, if you're willing to step up for public mm-hmm. office, you need to be able to answer the tough questions. You know, people well, have a right to know those things. 
the thing is, Michael, is it's not my even my county, okay? I'll give right. you some space. I threw you out a couple questions. Uh, threw you out a couple suggestions. I'm a marketing whatever they call me. And uh, so that's uh, some what I would like to see if I was part of your county would be that blog. Oh, sure. Once no again, problem. once again, why don't you give out your website? Your hey, website. Uh, the, the website's trueillinoishaunts.com or michaelclean.com. And uh, I would also like to say that I'm a pretty regular guest host on Threshold Radio uh, with John Stevenson. I believe you two were friends previously. We were we, acquaintances, yes. Oh, good. Yeah, um, yeah. I love being on that show also. So that's one of my other little side projects. Okay, cool, cool. Um, thank you for being on. We got a minute left of this segment, and um, thank you for being on, Michael. Oh, thank you Michael. for having me. I really appreciate that, it. That's I the blog. I, I like across, to see youth in politics. I know we'll cross paths because we're basically in the same field, one way or another, and uh, we'll cross paths in the future. So uh, thank you for being on, sir. Uh, okay? Thank you very much. Yes, definitely. Thank you. And uh, it was great speaking with you. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Michael Clean. Um, you can listen to the rebroadcast as we're going to be going into the segment that basically for those who listen to the um, rebroadcast or on iTunes, it's going to be um, uh, a long time with me and Annette. On March 9th, Friday night, it's going to be Charlie Palmer as our guest talking about the haunted, slated lady location that he lives in that we have paranormal nights. So tune in on March 9th. Annette, we're going to start that segment right now. So Okay, um, I'm ready. Yeah, that was a good interview. That was That was, I behaved, I think you could say. Right? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I gotta say that I applaud anybody who puts themselves out and you know and tries, you know, because that's what we need. We need young, new, fresh ideas, and you know, youth is our future. So I applaud Michael for giving it a shot. I wish him the best of luck. Yeah, I mean, what the hell, you know, um, the way things are. If people are stepping up for it, somebody's got to do it, I guess. So, uh, and by stepping up, even if you may not win, okay, you kind of keep the other people in check, okay? Like, ooh, there's somebody else who might want this. Keep them accountable. Yeah, somebody else might want this position. And if he takes it upon himself to write that article or whatever, I think that's a great, um, a great thing for the community if he should get in, okay? And uh, things are falling like off that's the kind wall. of things he wants. He wants to keep his community informed of what's going on. So that's uh, that's a good path for him to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Since he's a writer, what the hell? So. Uh, oh yeah, he's yeah. writing stuff already. Okay. Now you and I, uh, we're going to have an interesting show on the ninth after with Charlie, because we're going to have you also. Doing a couple tarot readings by my suggestion, okay? Yes, I will. And yeah, and Annette does tarot readings uh, by phone. Her customers been doing it for over twenty years. She's very, very good at it. The house parties, nothing but um, high respect for what she does. They love her, 
and uh, she's got clients that she does by way of uh, phone calls. Much easier for her to do that than for me to do it by phone and uh, my readings. That's why I mostly do them at house parties or public gatherings. Uh, speaking of public gatherings, if there's a location in the southwest suburbs or the Chicagoland area that would like to have a nice draw of customers um, on a Sunday, mid-morning, mid-afternoon, feel free to uh, contact me at edwardshanahan.com um, because I got a list of individuals that like to have well, um, one-on-one readings in a location to do them at. Okay, and uh, and that also means free exposure for you too, uh, if you are interested. Right. Um, yeah, and uh, so what we're going to do when that does uh, tarot readings on March 9th, uh, two of the questions I'm going to throw out to her. One of them will be uh, about the country itself and then about the elections coming up. And uh, I got Reading the country. Through. What does the universe think about the state of America? How do you like that, folks? <laughs> where it's going, where it's going. Um, yeah, hey, I got my opinion. I'll answer anything. <laughs> I got my opinion, but not to take off oh, people. I think, you know what? I think all of America expects some event, I've been calling it, something. You know, yeah. it's going to change the way we live right now, our our style, you know. So, I and there are so many avenues by which it may come. Yeah, I'm interested. We all have an opinion, and I don't think any of us is really too far from wrong, you know. Yeah. There'll, be, there'll be something. So maybe we get a little insight from the universe, you know. Read some cards and yeah. do what the... Um, um, the thing okay. is... Um, the thing is, is I rather have the cards give the opinion than me. Okay, that way I don't pick nobody off. Yeah, I'm in no position. And conversation uh, happens while reading tarot cards, so that's okay. You can throw yours in with it. <laughs> well, the thing is, I'm not in no position to be. Uh, I'm. How did Elvis say it? I'm an entertainer and not a politician, so I will keep my politician views to myself. And uh, that's baby, we'll see, we'll see. Okay, <laughs> I know you're allowed hey, to have an we, opinion. Yeah, well, we can guess on that. I had to pull in her opinions. Remember when you were talking conspiracies? Uh, that's why I wouldn't get myself yeah. in trouble. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of uh, keywords were being thrown out that was like, oh god. All right, so uh, I had to side with the government. Um, <laughs> damn. All right, um, I'd like to say on April 21st and 22nd, there's a haunted overnight at, huge, at the huge Geneva mansion in Geneva, Illinois. Um, it's close to being full, but there are still openings. Uh, then we have, oh, wow, then we have the haunted overnight at the historic Rhodes Hotel in Atlanta, Indiana. Mm, Indiana, that sounds good. Yeah, do you want to come out? Um, June 9th and June 10th, okay, at the Historic Roads Hotel. It is a historic building, many ties to many things, very, very active, and things going on there big time. Then we return to the haunted 
respectively, in Cincinnati, Ohio, on July 21st and 22nd, probably the darkest uh, location I've been to. Matter of fact, the uh, powers of be in the city are trying to stop the paranormal nights there. Okay? So, um, even though it's a historical society that owns it, and that, um, they're not happy about it, um, even though it's bringing money in and they're refurbishing the building and everything. But we will be there on the uh, 21st, and that's practically full, too. All our other things are full from uh, the March Time Paranormal um, fundraiser for the Valentine Chicago Boys and Girls Club in Chicago. That's packed. Um, the Slated Lady in Joliet is full. The Haunted Willow Creek Farm in May is full. Um, but these are also locations, some of these that people can have private paranormal nights at. Like the Slated Lady, the Haunted Little Creek Farm. I mean, you know, what family and friends can ask for anything else but, you know, a paranormal night on a haunted farm at a reasonable price, reasonable price. And um, so those are the things that we uh, have coming up. Uh, how many minutes have we got left? All right, we got seven minutes. Anything you want to throw in there on that? Like I suppose if you want to get with me for a consultation and tarot reading, you can email me for uh, prices and availability at uh, fairymama at hughes.net, F-A-I-R-Y-M-A-M-A at hughes.net, H-U-G-H-E-S.net. Or go to edwardshanian.com, email me from there. I'll connect you as I do. Um, and that also takes up the house parties that I'm, Already booked for. I'm booked into May already. And um, if you're interested in a house party with the spring and summer coming, and then I'd agree with this, she probably she would probably do it too. Doing readings outdoors would be fantastic. And oh, I, that would be nice. I loved it. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Um, and with my readings, we've expanded it a bit. Uh, after the readings, we either do uh, ghost box. I also do the writing. Or spirit box. I also do the readings of items with loved ones who passed away. Now, last Saturday night, um, he had a party with 13 people there. It was readings in the round. That's why I read everybody in a circle. Everybody's there to listen to everybody else. And uh, kind of putting yourself on the line doing that uh, because everybody can scrutinize you, especially when they know, when they know each other. It went fantastic. And uh, But everybody had an item of a loved one that passed away. Ooh, what do you do? A lot of them were the same people. Were there, they were looking for different answers. Yeah. So I told them I, I told them I'd give them, you know, I'll tell them what, how, how I'll handle this after the readings. And my internal knowledge told me to go with my circle of energy, which is basically a seance, but I don't sit at the end of the table saying the spirit of parent of, Peter and Mary or David are here. Oh, I see them and all this other stuff. I have a knack. It's been years I've been doing it to be to, uh, be able to, um, with respect, and the respect is there, and that's why I believe it happens, to raise the spirits so they interact with the people there and they become the mediums. And it went, it went fantastic. It went better than if I would have read the items of each individual there. Uh, 
because the people got to experience. We had experiences. Uh, one of the ladies uh, who was an aunt that passed away. Her name was Lou. Now, the ladies at the party were drinking wine. The wine glasses were out there. And we're doing the, the circle. I invited Lou in. Et cetera, et People felt the presence of whatever they were feeling. And I said, Lou, give us a different sign. And all of a sudden, now, Lou was a martini drinker, okay? <laughs> and all of a sudden, glass of empty wine. You hear ice cream against the glass. It was it was cool. It was real cool. And um, there was children we brought in and stuff like that. So if anybody's interested, just go to edwardchanahan.com. The Paranormal Nights are at chicagoparanormalnights.com. And you can find information on having your own private paranormal right there. Um, and that, we're going to finish this off, but I want to finish it with the EVP from the rectory. Um, thank you for being on. Thank you for Okay, I'm here. glad your voice made it all the way through. Oh, it's, you hear it's kind of fading, and I'm talking louder to kick it out there. <laughs> but you and, did it. <laughs> uh, and I did it. Um, I know one lady, she, I talked to her in a while, she, once in a while. And she goes, you're like a chick. You're always talking. And I said, well, hell, I run a radio show. I just did basically 45 minutes of it. So, uh, so yeah. So you're, you're laughing, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're a communicator. Uh, that's what you're, what you are, a communicator. Yeah. And you know, I hate hearing myself talk. I barely re-listen to these things, anyways. Um, but. What we're going to do is we're going to finish with the uh, rectory EVP, the EVP from the rectory, the one that we'll be going to in uh, July, the rectory in uh, Cincinnati, the very dark place. Many things happen there, very, very dark, and uh, very a lot of experiences. I know what I'm walking into now or what we're walking into, so we're going to be um, prepared for it. And maybe challenge it even a little bit more to darkness. So, Annette, thank you. Uh, okay. Talk to you in a day or so. And uh, uh, listeners, this is after we say our goodbyes, you're going to hear the EVP from the rectory. Annette, thank you. Listeners, thank you. Good night, y'all. Rest in peace. Good night, Annette. And uh, listeners, here is the recording. <laughs> Thank you and good night.